Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Welcome. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. You got me Hushmo driving this train this evening. It's February February first, uh, twenty twenty. Welcome to the forum. You know, our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Now in necessity sometimes we'll do it louder. Did anybody out here on blog talk go? Well, <laughs> It might be necessary to do a little louder now, y'all. Something's crazy going on in the in the world. The Senate just blocked not have uh, any witnesses in a trial. That's got to be a first, y'all. Anybody know a trial that uh, no witnesses was allowed? I, I don't know. I thought it was a definition of a trial. You got to have witnesses to uh, examine and cross-examine. But uh, yeah, the Senate, Mitch McConnell, shut that thing down. And uh, about the only good thing left is the president's got to give the uh, State of the Union address Tuesday while he's still on on trial. <laughs> they. <laughs> They they scheduled a final vote to exonerate that guy, uh, or either to remove him Wednesday, a day after the uh, a day after the uh, State of the Union address, which is scheduled for uh, oh my birthday, y'all. Yeah, the fourth. That's that's most got a birthday coming up. Yeah. Oh, I don't want no present. Somebody somebody said somebody giving the husband a present. <laughs> hey. Hey, I ain't turned down nothing. <laughs> hey, don't get it twisted, y'all. I ain't, I ain't turning turning down nothing now. I said I didn't particularly have to have uh, anything, but oh yeah, it's hush take. <sighs> hey, yeah, it's been a crazy uh, uh, past week. Uh, just looking at and covering that uh, impeachment trial. Uh, the house, the house proved their case. They proved they did what they impeached him for. Uh, most of the Republicans uh, know that. Some of them even admitted that. Uh, they uh, their fallback position now is that even though the house proved it, <laughs> that he tried to co- coerce a foreign government to uh, help his political. Uh, uh, for his own personal benefit, uh, and then obstructed uh, Congress in a cover-up to uh, prevent uh, uh, further evidence from coming out. Uh, they said that uh, even though he did all these things, that it's, it doesn't rise to uh, the level of uh, removal. I don't even know. I'm we only had 
really two other impeachment trials. Richard Nixon resigned, and I'm starting to feel uh, better and better about Richard Nixon. He did show the courage to uh, step up and resign. Uh, I won't look at the word about Donald Trump resigning, although <laughs> he's still he's still uh, 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 being tried right now for uh, uh, two articles of impeachment. And that won't come to a head or end until Wednesday. Uh, right now, it's fifty-one forty-nine in favor of uh, quitting. Uh, well, I don't know. That was the last vote. Uh, two Republicans went with the Democrats. Uh, trying to get uh witnesses which uh all the some fifteen impeachments they've had all of them have had uh, have had uh witnesses up to this point uh so yeah it uh it was quite a uh debacle I was really proud of it like, again uh, the house uh, managers they uh comported themselves uh with uh the utmost uh, professionalism. Uh, I can't say the same for the uh, president's lawyers. I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, they was dealt a bad hand to start with, but even so, uh, one of the lawyers seemed maybe a material witness in the, <laughs> in the whole scheme of things and uh, probably should not be there. Uh, so that even compounds the uh, compounds the uh, craziness of uh, where we're at today in the country here. Uh, this guy's going to run again, y'all. But I believe enough people, enough patriot, patriotic Americans is going to rise up and uh, show this guy the door, y'all. This guy should not be. Uh, commander-in-chief uh, of our armed forces for one and uh, that 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 one thing just scared me to death as a disabled veteran myself uh, that, that scares me to no end to know that uh, our young men and women are uh, in harm's way with uh uh A commander in chief uh who is so uh, uh is so uh lacking in uh uh the understanding of uh just what it is to uh uh be uh commandering uh, <laughs> the commander in chief uh it, it's it's uh it's scary. It is scary. Hopefully, uh, we'll, uh, the American people has got to uh, stand up and, uh, and and not only remove the president, but remove uh, there's a cancer in that Republican Party and the lies in the uh, uh, both House and Senate. It lies in both the House and the Senate. Yeah, I am. You know, I it's amazing that uh, you could take an oath and uh, so uh, open, so 
you know, just uh, without any uh, remorse uh, at all, uh, violate it. You could swear, uh, <laughs> so help me God, and uh, and just uh, uh, and one breath and the next breath, uh, 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 just uh, ignore it altogether, and that uh, to me appears to to what uh, what happened here, because if you can see. And indeed, some of them did come out and say what the president did was wrong, uh, but it doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. Now, that's you know that's that's really uh, I got you there because no matter what kind of oath you take, no matter what kind of oath you take, or no matter what. Uh, No matter what uh, someone does, if you uh, turn around and say that it doesn't meet uh, your uh, criteria for uh, finding that person guilty or uh, or if you find him guilty, it doesn't uh, rise to the punishment prescribed by our Constitution, that's that. That's that. Uh, yeah, something is something is crazy. Something is really crazy. Uh, where Miss McConnell refused to uh, bring witnesses in to uh, provide further evidence of this uh, shakedown that uh, that went on here, and uh, uh, I don't know what we got here, y'all. Is a monarch. This guy's not smart enough to be a monarch. I can tell you that right now. Uh, this guy is not smart enough. Hey, that's just my opinion. It's going to be interesting to watch him try to give a State of the Union address on Monday night with Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, sitting behind him, <laughs> smiling. Uh, it. It's going to be some kind of, but I'm more, uh, I'm really more concerned about uh, where we are as as a nation. Where we are as as a nation. Uh, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen uh, anything quite like it in my day. It's first day of Black History Month, yeah. February the first. I don't know where it started at. Uh, Carter B. Woodson uh, came up with a uh, a Black History Week back. Uh, I guess it's back uh, in the twenties sometime. You know, Carter Carter G. Woodson, the author of uh, the Miseducation of the Negro, uh, but he he came up with that. Uh, uh, thing uh first it started out i believe it was just a day and then it evolved into a week a month and then later on a month but uh yeah we we celebrate we're gonna get some things together over the next uh over the next three weeks or so we'll try to uh piece together uh 
Well, I'm going to wait for this uh, impeachment thing is over. It'll be over Wednesday. I can't. Uh, I'm just all uh, taken aback, as they say, about what has transpired uh, in this trial. We've got a free call-in number. You're all to Dutch Bowl Black Forum, 1-888-588-3814. That's a free call-in to the National Black Forum. We, we don't take many calls out there, but we will. Take a call or two. Uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, we lost Kobe Bryant. Uh, and uh, I, to be honest, I'm really uh, amazed at uh, how far uh, of a reach that he had. I mean, we've got people across the sporting, uh, the sports here in America uh, uh, and indeed, overseas, that are uh, really uh, was touched by uh, uh, Kobe Bryant in one way or the other. And I, you know, I, I always admired him. He's a great, great uh, basketball player. But, I, you know, as a uh, human being, I, I guess because he played in L.A. and out on the left coast there, I didn't uh, follow him that uh, closely. But I do remember when he came out of high school. When I mean, I been up on him since he uh, came out of high school, but just on a personal level, I never uh, uh, paid that close uh, attention. Say, uh, like LeBron James, for instance, who played here in the East most of his career, and I have uh, some connections with him from uh, Akron, Ohio, and things. But uh, Kobe Bryant really touched a lot of people, and uh, still, I'm just dumb, dumbfounded. Uh, uh, how uh, how uh, how that thing went down? I mean, in the helicopter crash that uh, they say should never have happened. Uh, you know, I mean, they say he missed the mountain by some twenty, thirty feet. I mean, I uh, should have been up a little higher, but that's just amazing uh, that he's gone at such an early age and uh, just starting as the uh, second phase of his, what seemed like it was going to be a promising, promising uh, life after, uh, after, sport, after sports. And uh, we, we still just uh, keep him, his family in our prayers and uh, yeah, all those other ones that uh, went down on that uh, helicopter. We keep them in our prayers and, uh, uh, wow, life is precious, y'all. Huh? Life is so precious. We uh, had a chance to uh, check out the uh, Grammys last <laughs> last week. I was impressed with this. Uh, some of the new talent, Liz, Lizzo. You know the. The uh, the new rapper with uh, what is it? Truth hurts. I guess is her song. But she is talented lady. Uh, uh, I didn't realize. I've been kind of checking out some of her bios. This lady's a classical flutist. Yeah, played the heck out of a flute. I mean, I didn't. I just thought she was just you know just happened to be. I'm upstart rapper, but now 
There's more to her than that. She uh, went to college as a on a music scholarship of some sort, and uh, was going to be a flutist, a classical flutist. And uh, in her rap song, she do pick the flute up and play it. And then, as you can see, she's not she's not a joke. She can play. <laughs> yeah, I always like. Uh, well, you know, my favorite flute player is uh, uh, was. Uh, What's the lady's name? Uh, he's played the flute. Uh, played it. Bobby Humphreys. Uh, was one of my favorite flute players there. And uh, yes, I, I can see. I can see uh, Lizzo uh, um, getting into some of the jazz uh, classics uh, that uh, Bobby Humphrey put down and. Uh, yeah, I was really impressed with uh, quite a few of those uh, new artists uh, that uh, was on that uh, the Grammy Awards. Just such a cloud was hanging over that thing because it was, you know, it was right there uh, the same night that uh, Kobe Bryant died. And he was bigger than life out there in L.A., so that put a kind of a damper on the thing. But they, they really uh, want to... Give a shout out to Alicia Alicia Keys. I did a fantastic job hosting that thing uh, and kind of incorporating uh, the new uh, news of his uh, Kobe Bryant's death and uh, acknowledging it and uh, just blending it in with the uh, the entire show. There and it was really really went over well. I'm more and more impressed with Alicia uh, Alicia Keys. They're a super, super talented uh, uh, individual, you know. Alicia Keys is ain't no joke. And I uh, just uh, appreciate uh, her, uh, her the job that she d- uh, did in that, uh, in hosting that, uh, that uh, Grammy Awards there. Super Bowl coming up tomorrow night, y'all. February 2nd, yeah. Super Bowl, uh, I don't know. I, I'm gonna take KC, Kansas City. I, I'm gonna go with them. I, I, hey, listen, I ain't got no dog in that hunt. I ain't got no dog in that hunt. I could care less um, <laughs> who wins that thing. But I don't even, you know, I don't. I, do we got a party? Anybody got a party? Anybody know of any? I ain't going over there. <laughs> no, that's too far. But anyway, I, I ain't got no dog in that hunt. But I will be listening. They. Tell me, Bloom, Michael Bloomberg, I spent $10 million on a 30-second ad. <laughs> well, uh, Bloomberg is after Trump, y'all. <laughs> hey, we all better be after him. But Bloomberg is putting resources up. Hey, we uh, we lost another great, great uh, musician, y'all. Y'all probably don't know too much about Jimmy Heath. Jimmy Heath was a great sax- saxophonist. Uh, you, you may... Uh, Jimmy Heath was 93 years old, so I know, you know, if you ain't really into jazz and uh, go back uh, some ways with it, you probably ain't going to be familiar with them. But then anybody that's into jazz and like saxophone, John Coltrane and all them boys, Charlie Parker, you, you're going to be familiar with Jimmy Heath. And uh, Jimmy Heath was a native Atlanta. I see him. I used to see him around Atlanta. I didn't know really who he was at first. 
I mean, he wasn't about 5'3". Saxophone was almost bigger than him. <laughs> the saxophone he played was almost bigger than him. But you're talking about a talent. I tell you, he was a, a composer, a, a band leader, a, just a talented dude. Uh, we lost him last week, Jimmy Heath, y'all. We're going to... We're going to... Tribute to Jimmy Heath, uh, Georgia. I'm not sure if he's a native Georgian, but he lived around there all his life. He lived in uh, Loganville, uh, Georgia, just where he, uh, he died. He was living there, and uh, I, I don't know if, if there was a more talented uh, anybody got more talent out of uh, that saxophone. Uh, I don't know. Hey, y'all, it's about. Uh, 20 minutes after that, we're going to take a quick pause for the calls there. We're going to leave you with uh, uh, a rendition of Jimmy Heath's uh, The Voice of the Saxophone. We'll be back.
family, the late, great Jimmy Heath, gone at 93, gone at 93, 93 is a full, uh, a full uh, time on this old planet, y'all, hey, the husband, we got a birthday coming up itself, uh, Tuesday, y'all. February the fourth, yeah, we were right in the middle of uh days of Aquarius, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right in the midst of the age of Aquarius. Play all that Aquarians. Stand up and be and be counted. Hey yeah, some great Aquarians uh, in the world, yeah. Yeah. Some brilliant people. Am I biased? <laughs> no. What makes you What makes you think that? Yeah, the peanut gallery. Hey, hey, uh, hey! I'm just saying. I don't know, y'all. We like I was. Yeah. Uh, we no, we don't. We don't have a Super Bowl party or nothing. Uh, we 
I, it wouldn't be. We it used to be the time when the husband was out there. It would be a time that we wouldn't have at least one or two or three, maybe four <laughs> Super Bowl parties to uh, to uh, get into. And nowadays we, I don't even know if they they still have a lot of craziness going on on Super Bowl day, but uh, we we might even get out and kick it a little bit just to see what's out there. But I don't know. It's so it's so crazy out here, y'all. It's so crazy out here in these streets. So crazy out here in the streets, y'all. Um. The president will be at the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't. I don't know. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game myself. I think it's going to be like thirty, thirty-eight to thirty-four. I'm gonna call it right now, thirty-eight, thirty-four. What's that? Seventy-two over under. That's what the hushman will say, y'all. Uh, oh, don't bet no money. Don't bet no money. <laughs> don't bet no money on my on my calls. Oh no. I you know, I don't watch the game like I used to now. I used to was time when I could handicap it. But I I ain't no don't lose no money like that on me. I said I think Kansas City gonna gonna win it by three or four points. But uh I ain't put, I wouldn't put no money on none of that. Dude, the rent. Mm. I ain't been the rent on nothing, y'all. What else is going on in the world, y'all? Coronavirus. That coronavirus thing is picking up. How many did now? That thing is picking up, y'all. The coronavirus. I don't know. Look like it's that. political. Not because the world cares about how you feel, but because the world reacts to what you do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The mind for. Take responsibility for the face of the world. Whoa. The symbols of today enable the reality of tomorrow. Notice the swastikas and other signs of hate. Do not look away and do not get used to them. Remove them yourself. Whoa, put on. We're going to key that up for y'all, too, on tyranny. Uh, I've told you, I, I played it, uh, bits and parts of it, on tyranny by Timothy Snyder, a great, great read on how the citizens have to be uh, have to be engaged with uh, if they got a republic or democratic republic, they have to be engaged if they uh, uh, want to keep it. 
<laughs> if they want to keep it, they got to stay engaged uh, because uh, what would happen is uh, some tyrannical mon- um, uh, person will come along and uh, try to hijack it. And uh, we might be at that uh, at such a time uh, today uh, where the uh, citizenry uh, become uh, 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 will fall asleep on the job, let's say. And uh, but uh, yeah, these these times here, we have to get back engaged with uh, what's going on in the political world because the politics, the politicians that we have in office now, are not. Let me repeat: are not uh, doing their job. We have got to be able to put uh, a more quality uh, person in. The, the political offices that we uh, uh, that's out there on a national and a, and a local basis. Start uh, from the local level. Uh, here, the governor of Georgia appointed some uh, a person to fill out uh, 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 Johnny Isaacson, the former senator. Here, he retired, had uh, cancer, got some kind of illness problems. He had to retire. Early and uh, the governor put this lady in there. She went right in and started uh, voting with Trump. She, you know, right off the bat, just talking crazy uh, in this trial. I'm so disappointed with her. I mean, if you don't know uh, what's going on, or just uh, don't say nothing. Uh, you know, don't say anything. And in fact, I will be working um, the hard, uh, as hard as I can to. Uh, to keep her from uh, getting back up there. She'll be in there for eight, nine months or whatever it is. Come November, she will be out of there. Uh, she can't, uh, uh, you know, don't come, come out uh, talking crazy, uh, running now. Uh, you know, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Uh, she can see this guy as a crook and uh, uh, violates his oath of office and everything else and if she uh, don't even cast a vote, if you're not up on the issue, you just got in there two weeks ago, and all of a sudden you vote no on this and no on that. Hey, don't even cast a vote, lady. If you're not even, if you're not up to speed, my goodness. Uh, yeah, we have got to get engaged and uh, uh, start, uh, you know, uh, vetting uh, these. Uh, uh, Candidates running for office, y'all, to make sure they got the country's uh, best interest at heart. Uh, I mean, come on. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. All politicians, uh, you know, are not... uh, uh, well, I don't know. I said that, but looking at that Senate, that Republican Senate, something is crazy going on there. How could so many fall lockstep in line with uh, someone who's so obviously flawed? And uh, 
you know, it takes some doing to, uh, you know, what it ain't because of some backlash from some Republican base. My, please vote, uh, do the right thing, and the uh, right thing will happen to you. That's my motto on that. I mean, don't all this junk about some base. Uh, yeah, do the right thing. I think uh, most uh, Americans are uh, fair people. And, uh, I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's key that up. Let's key it up and let your own tyranny, Timothy Snyder, talking about. Uh, Taking responsibility for the face of the world. Take responsibility for the face of the world. The symbols of today enable the reality of tomorrow. Notice the swastikas and other signs of hate. Do not look away and do not get used to them. Remove them yourself and set an example for others to do so. Life is political, not because the world cares about how you feel, but because the world reacts to what you do. The minor choices we make are themselves a kind of vote, making it more or less likely that free and fair elections will be held in the future. In the politics of the everyday, our words and gestures, or their absence, count very much. A few extreme and less extreme examples from the 20th century can show us how. In the Soviet Union, under the rule of Joseph Stalin, prosperous farmers were portrayed on propaganda posters as pigs a dehumanization that, in a rural setting, clearly suggests slaughter. This was in the early 1930s, as the Soviet state tried to master the countryside and extract capital for crash industrialization. The peasants who had more land or livestock than others were the first to lose what they had. A neighbor portrayed as a pig is someone whose land you can take. But those who followed the symbolic logic became victims in their turn, Having turned the poor peasants against the richer, Soviet power then seized everyone's land for the new collective farms. Collectivization, when completed, brought starvation to much of the Soviet peasantry. Millions of people in Soviet Ukraine, Soviet Kazakhstan, and Soviet Russia died horrible and humiliating deaths between 1930 and 1933. Before it was over, Soviet citizens were butchering corpses for human meat. In 1933, as the starvation in the USSR reached its height, the Nazi party came to power in Germany. In the euphoria of victory, Nazis tried to organize a boycott of Jewish shops. This was not very successful at first, but the practice of marking one firm as Jewish 
and another as Aryan with paint on the windows or walls, did affect the way Germans thought about household economics. A shop marked Jewish had no future. It became an object of covetous plans. As property was marked as ethnic, envy transformed ethics. If shops could be Jewish, what about other companies and properties? The wish that Jews might disappear, perhaps suppressed at first, rose as by greed. Thus, the Germans who marked shops as Jewish participated in the process by which Jews really did disappear, as did people who simply looked on. Accepting the markings as a natural part of the urban landscape was already a compromise with a murderous future. You might one day be offered the opportunity to display symbols of loyalty. Make sure that such symbols include your fellow citizens rather than exclude them. Even the history of lapel pens is far from innocent. In Nazi Germany in 1933, people wore lapel pens that said yes during the elections and referendum that confirmed the one-party state. In Austria in 1938, people who had not previously been Nazis began to wear swastika pens. What might seem like a gesture of pride can be a source of exclusion. In the Europe of the 1930s and 1940s, some people chose to wear swastikas, and then others had to wear yellow stars. The late history of communism, when no one believed in the revolution anymore, offers a final lesson about symbols. Even when citizens are demoralized and wish only to be left alone, public markers can still sustain a tyrannical regime. When Czechoslovak communists won elections in 1946 and then proceeded to claim full power after a coup in 1948, many Czechoslovak citizens were euphoric. When the dissident thinker Václav Havel wrote The Power of the Powerless three decades later in 1978, he was explaining the continuity of an oppressive regime in whose goals and ideology few people still believed. He offered a parable of a greengrocer who places a sign reading, Workers of the World Unite, in his shop window. It is not that the man actually endorses the content of this quotation from the Communist Manifesto. He places the sign in his window so that he can withdraw into daily life without trouble from the authorities. When everyone else follows the same logic, the public sphere is covered with signs of loyalty and resistance becomes unthinkable. As Havel put it, we have seen that the real meaning of the greengrocer's slogan has nothing to do with what the text of the slogan actually says. Even so, the real meaning is quite clear and generally comprehensible because the code is so familiar. The greengrocer declares his loyalty in the only way the regime is capable of hearing. That is, by accepting the prescribed ritual, by accepting appearances as reality, by accepting the given rules of the game, thus making it possible for the game to go on, for it to exist in the first place. Of the urban landscapes making it possible for the game to go on, for it to exist in the first place. And what happens, asked Havel, if no one plays the game? Hey, uh, we're just jumping in and out of things this evening. We, uh, yeah, it's Black History Month. It's 
trying to uh, educate my listening audience. <laughs> hey, I guess I'm for y'all just uh, starting out like it's two months on a, uh, well, like I said, the College G. Watson was the one that came up with this Black History celebration. I think he started out with a week or a day, even maybe just one day back in the 1920s, and has evolved into a whole month. I don't know what he picked February. Uh, February only got 28 days, y'all. I think this year's got 29, though it is a leap year, I believe. So we got an extra day. Yes, a leap year. We got 29 uh, days in the month. They would give us black folks the shortest month. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that somebody do that on purpose. Somebody do that on purpose, you yeah. huh? We We got a new candidate running for uh, running for uh, senator here in Georgia, the Reverend Warnock, the uh, pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church. That's a uh, you know LB, um, MLK's old church, uh, Ebenezer Baptist. I think really Daddy King was uh, the main pastor at that church. I don't know if MLK Jr. ever really preached there. I, I, I guess he was in and out, but I, I think that was Daddy King's church for the most part. Ebenezer Baptist. Anyway, their pastor. Uh, is uh running for senator here in Georgia. I don't know. I didn't realize the guy was political, but then I guess all preachers are <laughs> politicians uh, to uh, a certain extent. Uh, <laughs> you have to be. Uh, yeah, uh, you have to be. Uh, he's running for the Senate. i got to check him out. I I don't know what's what's going to happen here yet. I have to I have to check him out. I have to check him out. See what's going on with the. Uh, 
uh, what kind of politics he's going to make, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, he's honest. I hope he's honest. That, you know, I'm going to require that uh, of uh, the people that I support. Uh, they got to be honest. You know, that's, you know, I'm just so disappointed in where we are today in our politics. Uh, I, I, I don't know. In this impeachment trial, I, I have discovered a few quality politicians, though, along the way. Uh, I've discovered a couple of quality politicians along the way there, especially in the House after take my hats off to them. I, I've got something on my thing here, but I can't figure out what's going on. What's going on here, man? Yeah, I tell you one thing. Uh, this weather is up and down again. Is something something going on with the weather, y'all? Anybody know? Climate change or something? One day is thirty, the next day is seventy. We got that. We got tea time Monday. It's supposed to be seventy degrees here in Atlanta almost. Now I don't know if it's going to get up there. I certainly hope so. We need to get out there and. Tighten my golf game, my pool. But this is just all over. I mean, people, I've been dealing with people from Chicago and New York, and they're telling me that uh, this one has really been mild. And I don't know. Something's crazy. Hmm. I got to try to get that ball out there. Try to get that ball out there. I had a bunker there and it didn't make it. You got to land that ball all the way up. You can't be trying to bump the ball into the top of the bunker. My goodness, throw the ball up in the air. I'm just talking to myself, y'all, trying to uh, give these PGA pros uh, a few tips. Yeah, right. Trying to give them a few tips. Mm. But, uh, 
We're trying to press uh, on the world. I did see something come across the screen that I was gonna that I was gonna try to run past you all. What was it? I just had some so much crazy stuff is going on. Hmm. That's another church shooting after a funeral in Florida leaves at least two dead. Pamela Anderson and John Peters split after just 12 days of marriage. Wow. That's, I mean, did they make it through the honeymoon? You know, people with that kind of money normally have two or three week honeymoon. Did, did, <laughs> Pamela Anderson and John Peter split after just 12 days of marriage. I mean, you got to be able to see something that's wrong there. If that, that thing only lasts 12 days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is that right? What's going on here? Here you go to President. Pentagon approves using military bases to quarantine a 1,000. Y'all come in this country with that coronavirus. President gonna put y'all in quarantine on some military bases. Uh, y'all might not never get off that thing. I don't know. I remember I was working back uh, at the Center for Disease Control during that uh, Ebola breakout, right after nine eleven, y'all. And uh, that thing got to be crazy. Uh, they had a couple of things going on. They had the anthrax scare, and <clears throat> yeah, I was working at the Center for Disease Control. You know, that's headquarters here in ATL, and I worked in IT. So uh, <laughs> it was that's a crazy place to work. Uh, Center for Disease Control it ain't no joke. It's got one of the largest largest networks in the world. Good training if you. It's a good uh, environment if you're in the IT and want to learn something about networks. 
Center for Disease Control have one of the largest networks in the world. Thousands of uh, computers tied together in in that thing. You know, Center for Disease Control, a few people uh, don't know, but uh, they've got uh, they've got people at just about all major airline airports throughout the country, and indeed a uh, large portion of the world. They've got uh, their signature there to deal with uh, things like uh, the viruses that you, uh, we're talking about here, this coronavirus, at all all U.S. airports, major airports, that uh, where people come in from overseas, especially they uh, got CDC personnel there to uh, uh, check things out and indeed be uh, to uh, indeed quarantine people right there at that airport. Yeah, they do a fantastic job of. Uh, Keeping America safe from uh, uh, viruses and stuff like that that spread uh, throughout the population. Uh, I was saying, no doubt, uh, they don't they don't catch all they don't prevent all of all the uh, you know one hundred percent. I think right now they said something like what uh, seven or eight cases there in the United States, and every day that thing is growing. I don't know what kind of uh, virus it is. I don't know if it's spread. Uh, I don't. They, don't, they haven't talked too much about it because it's still fairly new and. Uh, Started in China, a little province, Wuhan, W-U-H-A-N, Wuhan, China, is, I believe, the uh, is ground zero for that thing. And we done banned all flights into China. Most of the major airlines... says beginning Sunday, the U.S. will also begin funneling all flights to the U.S. from China to seven major airports where passengers can be screened uh, for the illness. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, they already said they got nearly 200 Americans already a quarantine at a military base in Southern California after being evacuated from Wuhan, uh, China. Wow. I didn't know that. See the, the uh, those returning from uh, China, uh, the prov- the particular province Wuhan is the capital city there. 
will be subject to up to 14 days of mandatory quarantine. So, so I, th- I guess this thing uh, take um, uh, over 14 days. I guess you can uh, contract a thing. I know they say for several days, the first several days you could go, I think, and you can have it and, it's, and uh, don't know it. It's not noticeable, but <clears throat> over a 14-day period, you're going to, it's going to be uh, out in the opening, uh, more or less. Ooh. The outbreak is uh, in China. The death tolls rose to 259. On Saturday, more than 11,000 people have been infected with the coronavirus globally. The vast majority of them, of course, on the Chinese mainland. That thing is serious, huh? Yeah. Let's see, Kobe Bryant's crash investigation update, what the pilot wasn't supposed to do. Fans and family members alike are waiting for some kind of answer. And the National Transportation and Safety Board is working hard to get to the bottom of this. From what we learned earlier this week, the chopper took off from Santa Ana. Get back. Just after 9 a.m. on Sunday, despite the fog being so bad, even police shoppers were grounded. The Sahorsky S-76B chopper was being flown by Ara Zamboyan, a 50-year-old pilot with more than 10 years and 8,200 hours of experience as noted by Kylie Jenner in her tribute, he flew celebrities around a lot, including members of the Kardashian family in that very aircraft.
as he took off using VFR or visual flight rules, he had the certificate to do so. However, that decision may still not have been ethical. Mm-mm. Uh, one crew Dees, a former pilot for Island Express Helicopters, the company Zavoyan flew for tow force while they were allowed to fly in weather where the visibility was limited to the point where they had no use, had to use instruments. They were not permitted to carry passengers in it. So Zavoyan couldn't see he was breaking the rules, bringing, uh, bringing up eight people, including three children. Unfortunately, we can't know for sure what the pilot could see. In a press conference on Tuesday, the NTSB confirmed the helicopter did not have a flight data recorder or a cockpit voice recorder. What investigators have been able to determine is the helicopter was heading west to Kobe Sports Academy in Thousand Oaks, but then climbed to 2,000 to 2,300 feet, presumably to get above the clouds, as he told air traffic controls in his last radio transmission. He then turned sharply south into the Santa Monica Mountains. There, it very quickly dropped in altitude and crashed on a slope at 10,085 feet in elevation. That's 1,200 foot. That 1,200 foot descent must have felt like a terrifying drop with the expert saying the chopper plummeted 500 feet in just 15 seconds. Why? Why did that thing come down like that? Those choppers, by the way, is pretty safe, you know. I was supposed to on quite a few military choppers back in the day, but those, I, well, I saw a lot of them get shot down, too. <laughs> now, they, they will come down, I mean, but... Uh, Short of, uh, you know, them being shot down or some other kind of catastrophic uh, event like that, they are pretty safe and pretty hard to bring down. As uh, That's been my experience uh, over the years. But, uh, yeah, this thing here, something crazy happened here. He climbed at 2,300 feet, presumably to get above the clouds, as he told air traffic controllers in his last radio transmission. He then turned sharply southward into the Santa Monica Mountains. There, it very quickly dropped in altitude and crashed on a slope 
at the 1,085 feet in elevation. That's that's a 1,200 foot descent. They said that descent must have felt like a terrifying drop with experts saying the chopper plummeted 500 feet in just 15 seconds. It all ended in a high-energy impact crash about 20 to 30 feet below the top of the hill. Hmm. Was all this because the pilot couldn't see? Was this really all avoidable? There probably was the possibility of switching from visual flight rules to instrument flight rules. However, according to a new report in the New York Times, most commercial companies don't bother with IFR certification because of the extra training and insurance required. It's simply just not, it's simply just not, it's simpler just not to fly in those conditions. The chopper was not equipped with TAWS terrain awareness and warning system technology, which warned pilots when a collision with the ground is imminent, even when they aren't able to see it. However, they cannot definitively say if it would have helped in this situation, and the system is currently only mandated on air ambulances. Island Express has not commented on any of these developments as the investigation is still ongoing. However, they did announce that they had suspended all flights for the time being, their statement read. Uh, yeah, they still got a lot of investigation to go. <clears throat> Trying to come up with a... Uh, A reasonable explanation of uh, what happened in that uh, crash, y'all, because it just seemed to me that uh, something uh, catastrophic happened here. If that helicopter was at 2,300 feet, and some minutes later, it crashes at about 1,000 feet, that thing, that's like a serious drop in elevation. For some reason, I, you know, I don't know. Some reason it dropped. It dropped fast. This uh, this looked like a 
that's going to have to be looked at a lot, lot closer. Uh, a U.S. plane crashed in Afghanistan. Why so many believed a CIA, CIA chief was on it? Wow. The wreckage of a U.S. bombardier E-11A jet is seen after it crashed in the mountains, mountainous territory. Ghazni Providence in Afghanistan on January 27th. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to have to uh, it's going to require some more digging into what went on there because this is starting to sound crazy. Uh, first of all, you think that helicopter will be fully equipped with all of uh, the gadgets. And here it seems as though this helicopter, have you? Yeah, this this is crazy. I mean, this didn't even have the uh, technology, technology that would alert them uh, <coughs> uh, of uh, the... Uh, where the land is, and if they're coming in contact with it anytime soon, seem like to me if I'm flying now, I, I'm flying uh, celebrities or anybody around. Really, I mean, I'm not going. And for all you athletes, that's something, uh, or celebrities, that's something for you to consider. Make sure if you're flying around in some of these. Fancy machines, uh, make sure that they got all the technology, you know, that there is available for your dollar because you're spending top dollar. I know you're spending top dollar. I'm certainly going to want the the helicopter or plane or whatever to have all of the technology uh, for my dollar that's available. I mean... I thought for sure the thing would have. I was kind of wondering. I mean, it seemed like to me the topography of the land uh, would, uh, if they have, uh, well, I'm sure they've got the technology out that can uh, let you know if you, uh, you know, so many feet from land. This thing is, it was only 30 feet. There's no way <laughs> that uh, they don't have technology that could uh, warn you if you're within 30 feet of the ground or a mountain. Ah, something is crazy here. I mean, why wasn't that 
helicopter quilt with that. I don't like none of this, y'all. Yeah, this one don't like none of this. The way it's, the way I read it right now, it's all crazy. So I gotta look at it a little more. <laughs> I gotta look at it a little more. Hey, listen, y'all, we're gonna take a break, a break right here. We're right up against it. Uh, we'll be back, y'all. Hang in there. You got me, Hushmo. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, uh, welcome back. It's about 20 after 8 o'clock in the ATL, yeah? Saturday, February 1st, yeah? First day of my birth month. Yeah, I'm an Aquarian, yeah? No doubt. The age of Aquarius is upon us. I got this new Golf Digest. I don't, I don't know, you know, how I even get these things, but it, I know it has something to do with <laughs> it has something to do with uh, my frequent miles um, miles that you get. Uh, I think that this from Delta, somebody. Every once in a while, you accumulate a few miles that you don't use and they see this thing talking about reclaim your miles or you're gonna you're gonna lose them and they give you the option to uh, subscribe to magazines and invariably I'll uh, get a couple of golf magazines so got this golf digest subscription and just they don't do make make you spend money uh if you're a golfer I mean if you're a golfer that's all this is trap it's like a money trap yeah I don't know it's got all the latest and greatest tours Okay, huh? What kind of equipment you got out there, and uh, what kind you spend your money on? You ain't gonna get no better at that game. <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, you ain't gonna get no better by just if you're. Well, I'm talking about. Just an amateur kicking it around. Mm. I'm talking about you just. Just keeping it around, yeah. Adjustable lane. They got an adjustable lane for the uh, They got an adjustable. What, what we got here? Sure shot. Go with by slappy cut. When you need to drive it in the short stuff.
Yeah, Tiger got a uh, go-to shot. I wonder what that's about. How far is he hitting that thing? Mm-mm. Yeah, I tell you, it would make things seem so simple. thing is the club face. The mixer is having the face square. I don't know. I'm gonna try. Any any advice from Tiger got to be good, yeah. Any advice you can pick up from Tiger Woods got to be 
It's got to be good. I mean, you talking about the the uh, most dominant player I've I've seen. Is that what I got on there? I don't know. I got two or three different uh, grips, but uh, mm. mm. Yeah, you got to be able to swing that club. Uh, uh, my problem is my club head speed is uh, is pretty uh, it's pretty uh, it's not uh, that great. So you have to, and then when you, so you have to uh, try to get the uh, technology that will allow you to uh, make up for the slower head speed. And there's some things. I mean, some lighter, lighter. Uh, Equipment can help. She's still looking now with that club way out there. Look at look at that. Hmm. She is still looking down. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, just have to uh, work on a few things. So hopefully Monday, basketball is going to be out there on the golf course. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, we're at ATL. We play golf year round, huh? Yeah, we <laughs> we play year round in ATL. Yeah. Now I might get a little 
chilly, but uh, it's supposed to be almost 70 degrees Monday. I, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, y'all, welcome to the National Black Forum. We're just rambling on here, just uh, trying to get in the, a boot for the uh, big game tomorrow. I ain't got no dog in that hunt, y'all. I don't care who win that thing. As long as the game's decent, huh? As long as we have a decent game. Oh, the halftime show is it, though, huh? J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez is going to hit that thing up. They said maybe a surprise appearance from Miss B. They they saying that it may be a surprise appearance by Miss B, y'all. Huh? We'll see. Oh, must be a must be a, a definitely uh, shake it up. What what is going on here? What why is this thing telling me this? About some crash of a military. Apple temporarily closes all 42 stores in China as coronavirus spreads. Hmm. It's bad. Is it bad to drink water that's been sitting overnight or longer?
Yeah, I don't know. Something's crazy about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's pick y'all. Let's get y'all up on. Uh, give y'all a little more on. Uh, give you a little more. Uh, blocked. How's it blocked? We're going to get a little more uh, on table. Oh, what's all that about? What's all that about? Professional ethics. When political leaders set a negative example, professional commitments to just practice become more important. It is hard to subvert a rule of law state without lawyers or to hold show trials without judges. Authoritarians need obedient civil servants and concentration camp directors seek businessmen interested in cheap labor. Before the Second World War, a man named Hans Frank was Hitler's personal lawyer. After Germany invaded Poland in 1939, Frank became the governor general of occupied Poland, a German colony where millions of Jews and other Polish citizens were murdered. He once boasted that there were not enough trees to make the paper for posters that would be needed to announce all of the executions. Frank claimed that law was meant to serve the race, and so what seemed good for the race was therefore the law. With arguments like this, German lawyers could convince themselves that laws and rules were there to serve their projects of conquest and destruction rather than to hinder them. The man Hitler chose The man Hitler chose to oversee the annexation of Austria, Arthur Seiss Inquart, was a lawyer who later ran the occupation of the Netherlands. Lawyers were vastly overrepresented among the commanders of the Einsatzgruppen the special task forces who carried out the mass murder of Jews, gypsies, Polish elites, communists, the handicapped, and others. German and other physicians took part in ghastly medical experiments in the concentration camps. Businessmen from IG Farben and other German firms exploited the labor of concentration camp inmates, Jews in ghettos, and prisoners of war. Civil servants, from ministers down to secretaries, oversaw and recorded it all. If lawyers had followed the norm of no execution without trial, if doctors had accepted the rule of no surgery without consent, if businessmen had endorsed the prohibition of slavery, if bureaucrats had refused to handle paperwork involving murder, then the Nazi regime would have been very much harder pressed to carry out the atrocities by which we remember it. Professions can create forms of ethical conversation that are impossible between a lonely individual and a distant government. If members of professions think of themselves as groups with common interests, with norms and rules that oblige them at all times, then they can gain confidence and indeed a certain kind of power. 
Professional ethics must guide us precisely when we are told that the situation is exceptional. Then there is no such thing as just following orders. If members of the professions confuse their specific ethics with the emotions of the moment, however, they can find themselves saying and doing things that they might previously have thought unimaginable. Lesson six, be wary of paramilitaries. When the men with guns, who have always claimed to be against the system, start wearing uniforms and marching with torches and pictures of a leader, the end is nigh. When the pro-leader paramilitary and the official police and military intermingle, the end has come. Most governments, most of the time, seek to monopolize violence. If only the government can legitimately use force, and this use is constrained by law, then the forms of politics that we take for granted become possible. It is impossible to carry out democratic elections, try cases at court, design and enforce laws, or indeed manage any of the other quiet business of government when agencies beyond the state also have access to violence. For just this reason, people and parties who wish to undermine democracy and the rule of law create and fund violent organizations that involve themselves in politics. Such groups can take the form of a paramilitary wing of a political party, the personal bodyguard of a particular politician, or apparently spontaneous citizens' initiatives, which usually turn out to have been organized by a party or its leader. Armed groups first degrade a political order and then transform it. Violent right-wing groups, such as the Iron Guard in interwar Romania or the Arrow Cross in interwar Hungary, intimidated their rivals. Nazi stormtroopers began as a security detail, clearing the halls of Hitler's opponents during his rallies. As paramilitaries known as the SA and the SS, they created a climate of fear that helped the Nazi party in the parliamentary elections of 1932 and 1933. In Austria in 1938, it was the local SA that quickly took advantage of the absence of the usual local authority to loot, beat, and humiliate Jews, thereby changing the rules of politics and preparing the way for the Nazi takeover of the country. It was the SS that ran the German concentration camps, lawless zones where ordinary rules did not apply. During the Second World War, the SS extended the lawlessness it had pioneered in the camps to whole European countries under German occupation. The SS began as an organization outside the law, became an organization that transcended the law, and ended up as an organization that undid the law. Because the American federal government uses mercenaries in warfare and American state governments pay corporations to run prisons, the use of violence in the United States is already highly privatized. What is novel is a president who wishes to maintain, while in office, a personal security force which during his campaign used force against dissenters. As a candidate, the president ordered a private security detail to clear opponents from rallies, but also encouraged the audience itself to remove people who expressed different views. A protester would first be greeted with boos, then with frenetic cries of USA, and then be forced to leave the rally. At one campaign rally, the candidate said, there's a remnant left over. Maybe get the remnant out. Get the remnant out. The crowd, taking its cue, then tried to root out other people who might be dissenters, all the while crying USA. 
the candidate interjected. Isn't this more fun than a regular boring rally? To me, it's fun. This kind of mob violence was meant to transform the political atmosphere, and it did. For violence to transform not just the atmosphere but also the system, the emotions of rallies and the ideology of exclusion have to be incorporated into the training of armed guards. These first challenge the police and military, then penetrate the police and military, and finally transform the police and military. Lesson seven, be reflective if you must be armed. If you carry a weapon in public service, may God bless you and keep you. But know that evils of the past involve policemen and soldiers finding themselves one day doing irregular things. Be ready to say no. Authoritarian regimes usually include a special riot police force whose task is to disperse citizens who seek to protest and a secret state police force whose assignments include the murder of dissenters and others designated as enemies. And indeed, we find forces of the latter kind deeply involved in the great atrocities of the 20th century, such as the Great Terror in the Soviet Union of 1937 to 1938 and the Holocaust of European Jews perpetrated by Nazi Germany in 1941 to 1945. Yet we make a great mistake if we imagine that the Soviet NKVD or the Nazi SS acted without support. Without the assistance of regular police forces and sometimes regular soldiers, they could not have killed on such a large scale. In the Great Terror in the Soviet Union, NKVD officers recorded 682,691 executions of supposed enemies of the state, most of them peasants or members of national minorities. Perhaps no organ of violence has ever been more centralized or better organized than the NKVD of those years. A small number of men carried out the neck shots, which meant that certain NKVD officers had thousands of political murders on their consciences. Even so, they could not possibly have carried out this campaign without the assistance of local police forces, legal professionals, and civil servants throughout the Soviet Union. The Great Terror took place during a state of exception that required all policemen to subordinate themselves to the NKVD and its special tasks. The policemen were not the principal perpetrators, but they provided the indispensable manpower. When we think of the Nazi Holocaust of the Jews, we imagine Auschwitz and mechanized impersonal death. This was a convenient way for Germans to remember the Holocaust, since they could claim that few of them had known exactly what had happened behind those gates. In fact, the Holocaust began not in the death facilities, but over shooting pits in Eastern Europe. And indeed, some of the commanders of the Einsatzgruppen, the German task forces that perpetrated some of the murders, were tried at Nuremberg and later in West German courts. But even these trials were a kind of minimization of the scale of the crime. Not the SS commanders alone, but essentially all of the thousands of men who served under their command were murderers. And this was just the beginning. Every large-scale shooting action of the Holocaust, more than 33,000 Jews murdered outside Kiev, more than 28,000 outside Riga, and on and on, involved the regular German police. All in all, regular policemen murdered more Jews than the Einsatzgruppen. Many of them had no special preparation for this task, 
They found themselves in an unknown land, they had their orders, and they did not want to look weak. In the rare cases when they refused those orders to murder Jews, policemen were not punished. Some killed from murderous conviction, but many others who killed were just afraid to stand out. Other forces were at work besides conformism. But without the conformists, the great atrocities would have been impossible. Lesson 8. Stand out. Someone has to. It is easy to follow along. It can feel strange to do or say something different. But without that unease, there is no freedom. Remember Rosa Parks. The moment you set an example, the spell of the status quo is broken and others will follow. After the Second World War, Europeans, Americans, and others created myths of righteous resistance to Hitler. In the 1930s, however, the dominant attitudes had been accommodation and admiration. By 1940, most Europeans had made their peace with the seemingly irresistible power of Nazi Germany. Influential Americans, such as Charles Lindbergh, opposed war with the Nazis under the slogan, America First. It is those who were considered exceptional, eccentric, and even insane in their own time, those who did not change when the world around them did, whom we remember and admire today. Well before the Second World War, numerous European states had abandoned democracy for some form of right-wing authoritarianism. Italy became the first fascist state in 1922 and was a military ally of Germany. Hungary, Romania, and Bulgaria had been drawn toward Germany by the promise of trade and territory. In March 1938, none of the great powers offered any resistance as Germany annexed Austria. In September 1938, the great powers, France, Italy, and Great Britain, then led by Neville Chamberlain, actually cooperated with Nazi Germany in the partition of Czechoslovakia. In summer 1939, the Soviet Union allied with Nazi Germany, and the Red Army joined the Wehrmacht in the invasion of Poland. The Polish government chose to fight, activating agreements that brought Great Britain and France into the war. Germany, supplied with food and fuel by the Soviet Union, invaded and quickly occupied Norway, the Netherlands, Belgium, and even France in the spring of 1940. The remainder of the British Expeditionary Force was evacuated from the continent at Dunkirk in late May and early June 1940. When Winston Churchill became Prime Minister in May 1940, Great Britain was alone. The British had won no meaningful battles and had no important allies. They had entered the war to support Poland, a cause that seemed lost. Nazi Germany and its Soviet ally dominated the continent. The Soviet Union had invaded Finland in November 1939, beginning with a bombing of Helsinki. Right after Churchill assumed office, the Soviet Union occupied and annexed the three Baltic states of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. The United States had not entered the war. Adolf Hitler had no special end. had no special animus toward Britain or its empire, and indeed imagined a division of the world into spheres of interest. He expected Churchill to come to terms after the fall of France. Churchill did not. He told the French that, whatever you may do, 
we shall fight on forever and ever and ever. In June 1940, Churchill told the British Parliament that the Battle of Britain is about to begin. The German Luftwaffe began the bombing of British cities. Hitler expected that this would force Churchill to sign an armistice, but he was mistaken. Churchill later called the air campaign a time when it was equally good to live or die. He spoke of the buoyant and imperturbable temper of Britain, which I had the honor to express. In fact, he himself helped the British to define themselves as a proud people who would calmly resist evil. Other politicians would have found support in British public opinion to end the war. Churchill instead resisted, inspired, and won. The Royal Air Force, including two Polish squadrons and a number of other foreign pilots, held back the Luftwaffe. Without control of the air, even Hitler could not imagine an amphibious assault on Great Britain. Churchill did what others had not done. Rather than concede in advance, he forced Hitler to change his plans. The essential German strategy had been to remove any resistance in the West and then to invade, thus betraying the Soviet Union and colonize its Western territories. In June 1941, with Britain still in the war, Germany attacked its Soviet ally. Now Berlin had to fight a two-front war, and Moscow and London were suddenly unexpected allies. In December 1941, Japan bombed the American naval base at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, and the United States entered the war. Now Moscow, Washington, and London formed a grand and irresistible coalition. Together, and with the help of many other allies, these three great powers won the Second World War. But had Churchill not kept Britain in the war in 1940, they would have been more... Hey, uh, welcome, welcome back. That's, you know, I get tied up with this uh, on tiered in. It's such a great, great read uh, for uh, how a democracy, like, like we got here, a republic, uh, uh, a democratic republic, how it can become... Uh, so, you know, uh, overtaken by uh, tyrants uh, if the citizens don't pay attention to what's going on, yeah? Yeah, if the citizens don't pay attention to what's going on, this uh, democracy of ours can come crumbling down, and today we are in uh dire straits here uh of that uh, very thing happening if we don't uh get out uh and uh vote for one and uh this twenty uh twenty election and uh clear up uh this cancer that has infected uh our politics here. We've got to clear it up, yeah. We've got to clear it up and I just uh I don't know. Hey, y'all, you got me, Hushmo, driving this train here, just about to wrap this thing up. We'll be back next week, same time, same same, uh, same time. Uh, come to you every Saturday uh, from 7 to 9 over Blog Talk, yeah. Until next week, y'all, uh, y'all take it easy and uh, uh, don't uh, party too much. Uh, while you're watching that Super Bowl tomorrow, 
<laughs> Till next week, y'all. Ciao. We out of here. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.